Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On today's episode, I'm going to discuss a lot about what's happening right now as students head back to school in the United States and other countries and students head into another term in the Southern Hemisphere and elsewhere. I think it's really important that we consider how much we're emphasizing lost content negative speak and dealing with more uncertainty based on the latest news about the Delta variant, the Lambda variant, and all of that. So welcome to all and I am looking forward to sharing some of my ideas and others about what's happening and hopefully letting you make connections between the content and the sense of belonging, the social emotional part of all that we need to do in order to ensure that everybody in our school buildings and in our communities, including parents, teachers, admin, and students feel that they can overcome the new uncertainties that we're all dealing with. I just read a tweet on by Che Cheney and uh, he says if lessons are student-centered and driven rich with wor- real-world connections and applications then how do we not see this as a gateway to deep and meaningful relationships and connections? Content is not and that's capitalized, a roadblock to a powerful relationship with students. And it's something that I've been talking about for a long time. Why do we have to look, or why do we look, at the content as driving all of what we do in the classroom when we know even more now than we've ever known how much mental health and the emotional state of our students and the people in our buildings need to be centered on healthy, uh, open talk, safe spaces, and all of those things that relate to social and emotional growth, uh, social and emotional connections. We need to look at the content as not secondary but walking hand in hand with our lessons uh, in social and emotional learning. We shouldn't look at them as curriculum. We shouldn't look at them as programs. We should look at everything as a whole. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about looking at the whole child, looking at everything that we need to do in our classrooms, and it sounds like a lot. But if we're really secure in our own relationships and ourselves, 
and we have that self-belonging which I talk about, then we need to make sure that we have the ability to mix all of those things we know work and help and support our students socially and emotionally along with teaching them the content because we know that the content doesn't stick if students are preoccupied teachers are preoccupied with what's going on in the world what's going on in their lives what's going on in their profession in a recent article by um, on Edutopia by Nina Portugal and Malia Taibas Kim um, that was posted July 26th this year uh, entitled Belonging, Safety and Trust A Recipe for Better Professional Learning looks at how important it is for the us to take care of the social emotional health and well-being of our teachers if we expect them to be able to take care of our students and so I think it's really important and I wanted to just take a look at some of the things that are mentioned in the article also in the show notes I'll post a link to the article some of the things that we need to be asking ourselves is how can we expect the adults in the building to care for the whole child if we don't care for them they also mention how do we take care of both and approach to meeting both student and adult social and emotional needs so often we focus so much on the social emotional needs of our students that uh, we forget about ourselves and we forget about the teachers in the building the staff in the building and of course you can't have a balance if you don't have everybody everybody's well-being in mind so how do we tend to the belonging safety and trust needed for learning in a routine and sustainable way and that's the thing that I'd like to talk about today is how do we sustain the social emotional learning while teaching the content all year long every day so here are some of the suggestions made in the article they talk about three ways to build belonging, safety, and trust among educators. So we're focusing on the educator now. And that way, the educator is able to focus on the child. So the first one they mention is building belonging with a warm welcome. And I thought many teachers worried when we went to online teaching, how are they going to welcome their students? They were used to standing at the door, uh, greeting them in different ways, having them greet each other in different ways. And um, they were, you know, all of you educators out there were pretty uh, inventive, creative about the ways that you would have students check in every day and how you would greet them, even online. So uh, the building belonging with warm welcome, uh, could be a high five it could be just um, sh sharing uh, a rose you know if you have uh, circles many many teachers have morning circles or or morning sit downs uh, morning meetings um, 
you could share I, I've heard this one before you share a rose something that is going well a thorn something that is a current challenge and a bud something that you hope will blossom soon remember we're talking here about educators but it could also be done for with the students so if you model it for educators of course you'd be able to do it in your classrooms uh, you could share the story of your name and your preferred pronouns this is also something that you could do with your students but it's really important for us as adults to be able to have that ability also um, the story of your name and how you pronounce your name my name is spelled differently than most Eileen's which are E-I-L-E-E-N my name is I-L-E-N-E -E, and often people look at it quickly and call me Irene I used to just go along with that but now I've begun politely correcting them and they appreciate that because they want to call you by your name they don't want to mispronounce your name um, share a haiku poem to encapsulate how you're feeling right now that could be another way that you could share and welcome share a moment or person that has inspired you this week again something you could also do with your students but something that we can do in a group meeting uh, a staff meeting at a professional development session might be a good icebreaker at the beginning of the year or draw an emoji that represents how you are feeling and I've seen some pretty creative emojis so I can just imagine what that would look like the second uh, thing that they mention is building safety through setting collaborative community norms again norms matter for adults um, when you come into a meeting uh, if you've used any of the protocols um, for meetings uh, for looking at student work or just for sharing uh, professional development uh, through articles or book studies um, having group norms is really important what are the expectations of when we're meeting with each other um, I've done this in with different groups um, each one is slightly different but of course we talk about respect for each other a uh, big one I have right now is and will forever is listening for understanding not listening to respond that's a really big one um, and you know we need to be able to share how we learn best so even for adults some of the things they could ask themselves and ask the group is what conditions do you need in order to be able to do your best learning what conditions do you need in order to feel brave in this group as a learner remember we're not talking about our learners we're talking about adults in a professional development situation and so what do I need as a teacher? What do I need as an admin in order to be able to speak up, share something that might be, you know, something that isn't normally shared in terms of being a little outside the box or pushing the envelope a little bit? How can I be brave? And what do you need from others? So what do I need from others to feel safe learning? What creates a safe space for me? These are all really, really important questions to ask. We need to ask ourselves and we need to ask our adults in the room before we even start. Because how are you going to have any kind of successful professional development 
if people are uncomfortable, people don't feel safe, they don't feel safe in sharing, um, and they don't feel they've been asked about how they learn best. So um, they say that, um, and I'm quoting from the article now, we like to invite our educators to first think alone for three to five minutes and then share collaboratively using chart paper or Jamboard. After sharing, if there's time, you can invite team members to elaborate on any of the norms they wrote or provide space for a gallery walk. Gallery walks are really great. Again, they can be, you know, once you've, you've done this um, in a group of adults, it's wonderful to take it back to your classroom. And so each group goes around to see what everybody else has, dis have, has put on their either Jamboard or on their chart paper and then you come back as a whole group and you discuss it. What were the similarities? What were the, the aha moments? Um, so, and then norms are decided as a whole group. You sort of pick, pick up the things that seem to stand for everybody. Um, that's a great way to be collaborative and that's a great way to also compromise. Um, the third thing is building trust with public learning. So teaching and leading is complex and uncertain work. This is from the article. If we aren't given certain opportunities to wrestle with this complexity aloud and in community, we tend to feel like everyone else is perfect and consequently suffer in silence. This is sort of that imposter syndrome. Everybody else knows. Um, everybody else understands. Everybody else is better than me. Um, and this doesn't go for everybody, but I'm telling you, a lot of educators feel, you know, and speak about, well, I'm not that great or whatever. But the, me looking at them, I'm thinking, wow, you're kidding. You're terrific. You're fantastic. Um, you're doing so many things in the education space. You're so supportive. You have so many ideas. Um, sometimes I found it find it difficult to you know, um, understand why they have that opinion. But again, you know, that goes back to the self-belonging. If I'm not self-confident, then I feel like an imposter. The article goes on to say, this myth of perfectionism puts pressure on us to share only our successes and not our challenges. But don't we all connect with, with our challenges? Because we all feel those challenges. Sure, it's wonderful to share successes and to celebrate those successes. But we also, you know, it's kind of like the, the Instagram perfect life um, of the fashionista or of the, you know, the influencer. Um, they have challenges in their lives. And by not sharing it, it makes it seem like, you know, everybody's life is perfect but mine. No wonder we all feel pressure and stress and you know our well-being is affected by it and you know when they talk about public learning in this article it's basically we're in a public space meaning we're with other people our colleagues um, sometimes with our admin and we want to make sure that you know we present ourselves in a way that doesn't make us look like we don't know but the truth is how do we learn? I mean, that's we don't want our learners to do that either, is to sort of put themselves out there as I know everything. You know, when we look around the room and we say, 
does anybody have any questions? And nobody asks a question. And we think that they understand, and then later they don't do well on the assessment. It's like, why didn't you ask the question? Well, it's the same thing with our adult learners. So it's something that's really important that we need to, need to know and understand. So I'm going to include that article in my show notes because I think it's a really important one. And I will also include links to a Wakelet collection that I have put together for how to create a sense of belonging in the classroom. This Wakelet collection isn't available on my website yet, uh, but it's, um, it will be in the future. So uh, there are a lot of things I'm always adding to it. And be sure to check my website where I have my Wakelet collections for self-belonging, personal belonging, and professional belonging. Because every time I see something posted or I find some interesting activities or um, programs, I add it. So you're always going to find new information on my website in my collections. And over the next couple of weeks, hopefully by uh, September, I will be um, putting out a newsletter and so be sure if you go to my website that you sign up uh, on the contact form so that I can have your email address and add you to my newsletter group uh, because I'll be sending out all kinds of ideas and um, information about creating a sense of belonging, making sure that everybody feels that sense of well-being in the school and that goes for our students as well as our teachers as well as our administration and all of the staff in the school. When you walk into the school building you should feel that sense of belonging, you should feel that sense of community and so it's really important that I share as much as I can and uh, make sure that all the resources that are out there, and there are many, not just my own, that you get take, take advantage of and have the benefit of all of those resources that I see, I want to be able to share them with you. So like I said, be sure to sign up. Uh, there's a contact form on my website, and be sure to sign up so that I have your email address so when the newsletter goes live, I can go ahead and make sure to start sending it to you. And so I hope you all are having a terrific week. Those of you who are back in school are getting ready to go back to school. I know things are kind of uncertain, but remember, we're here for you, I'm here for you, um, and we're all here as a community on social media and uh, in your building, hopefully, to support you um, and make sure that you share those challenges that you have. Don't just share all your successes. And if you share your successes, I hope that other others will celebrate with you. Have a great week and I'll be talking to you next week on Journeys to Belonging. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, 
Journeys to Belonging, that's journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.